Kevin Neary, CEO of Oracle Wise. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Thank you, Connor. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. So where are you from, Kevin? Uh, where did you grow up? Um, I was born in uh, Manchester, England, actually, and uh, then my, my parents moved to the west of Ireland. So I went to school in uh, Castle Bar, uh, St. Gerald's College. And um, then um, on graduating college, I went to college in Galway. Um, I went to work in uh, London and um, got some great training there in the world of sales and marketing. And um, um my um my parents uh, split up around that time my mom moved to new york she was from new york originally and uh, my dad continued to live in ireland so uh, i got four sisters and uh, we're kind of we're kind of sp uh, spread out uh, like a, a typical irish family and uh, so we have good connections with the states i spent a lot of time in dublin and and obviously in new york as well where we have a a commercial office and uh, as i say my mom lives there some of my sisters live there so uh, um, i try and embrace both cultures get the best of both sides of the atlantic and uh, try and work around the climate uh, you know when it's not mm -hmm. so nice here i can go to new york and when it's uh, not so nice in new york i can uh, get back here to dublin and in terms of growing up and growing up in the west of ireland was there anything that led you can you can you think of that led you into the technology space any interest or curiosity? How did you? What was your path? Yeah, my path was I, I, I was was business and and marketing, and uh, I was into sports when I was when I was young, so I was quite competitive. But uh, no, I had no visions around AI or technology whatsoever. Uh, I took the path of marketing, as I say. I started uh, in sales in London, and. Um, then I moved on to the recruiting industry and then I moved into software services. So I was always client facing and mm. I was always delivering solutions to, to, to customers. And some of them were very big brands and therefore there was a, a real big onus on, you know, quality of delivery and uh, being, being on schedule and all of that kind of thing. So my foray into AI was, was kind of, um, it was kind of a natural progression because as mm. marketing evolved, you know, we had a stage of traditional marketing, then we had digital marketing, uh, and now we have AI for marketing. And um, so I noticed that trend. Uh, mm. And I noticed uh, a lot of my clients would have been technology companies. So the conversations were often around innovation, evolution, where are we going to be in five years, 10 years time? So I always knew what was coming down the line. Mm. And um so um, I, in the early 2013, I hooked up with um, Nova UCD, University College Dublin, the innovation center there, and started looking at the future of AI from a sales and marketing point of view. And uh, working in Nova UCD um, as a member company, it's a three-year program, and gave us access to you know, world-class researchers in UCD. Mm. Uh, it gave us access to top innovators and uh, top entrepreneurs that came before um, access to investors. Uh, and in this incubation environment, we were able to think very clearly and, and deeply about what the future of marketing might be. And um, on graduating there in 2016, we uh, we formed OrcaWise, mm. which is now an AI uh, advisory and services firm uh, built on top of a platform that we call Orca Power. And Orca Power is, is an AI engine to um, enable us identify buying signals in the market 
Uh, and we use that as part of our, uh, to underpin our, our advisory and the services that we provide uh, to clients. Um, and what's your, your vision in terms of how AI is going to transform sales and marketing? So you've been looking at this since 2013. So right. what, what's your vision? How do you see this going? Um, I see it being totally transformative over time. Um, you know, we often ask the question: Is it is it a revolution or is it is is it an evolution? Mm -hmm. And um, well, certainly it it is an evolution because AI has been around for for decades, um, but now suddenly it's in the hands of the masses. So from that point of view, it is uh, totally transformative. Um, my vision for OrcaWise is that we can stay at the cusp of the evolution and therefore always be in a position to give our customers uh, the latest advice and to educate them about what is uh, coming down the line. Um, I see a world that's going to be much better for people. It's going to be really, really exciting. I think jobs are going to become much more interesting. Marketing jobs, you know, marketing is a bit like the legal industry. There's a lot of groundwork to be done. There's a lot of readings, a lot of a lot of writing. And all of this stuff can be automated or semi-automated. And that's mm. going to make life much better for everybody. And the quality of um, services that customers are going to get as a result of AI is, is absolutely amazing. You know, it used to be that we could, you know, think about our customers and maybe, you know, imagine what they might like. But now we can live in our customers' minds because of AI, and we're able to uh, almost coexist with them. Um, and therefore, deep, deep personalization is going to be a, a reality. And that's where I think I'd like to be in relation to, to this journey, is to give that deep level of personalization to customers. Um, yeah, so it's interesting times. Um, when you're talking to customers, um, what are the principal concerns that companies have? What are they raising and what are you hearing? From the yeah, I think it's a good question. I think um, in the early days of AI, um, there was a lot of fear around AI and that seems to be uh, alleviating now. And I think what's on top of companies' mind is um, it's here um, and we've got to live with it. So what are we going to do? Uh, what's our plan going to look like and um, and can we deal with that future? Um, this seems to be where the biggest issues are generally. Uh, mm. Of course, there's typical concerns around uh, privacy, bias in AI, accountability. All of these things are, um, you know, are, are, are corporate level issues that companies are, are, are talking about all the time. But I think that the starting point for these companies is that they embrace AI fully at a cultural level. And that means they've got to go through a, a transformation. Um, mm. Being aware of change management is so important. Uh, you know, we can't just roll out an AI strategy without being aware of the um, the cultural impacts on the organization. So what's going to happen to your people? How are their jo job roles going to change? Um, you know, who's going to be disadvantaged by AI and then who's going to be advantaged by AI? And I think this is where the conversation is right now, uh, Connor. It's um, you know, it's it's, it's getting ready um, for this transformation and planning it in such a way that we we do it right and we don't get it wrong. 
Um, and I think most large organizations think like that mm. right now. But where I see the biggest problem at the moment is with the SMB sector. They are a little bit behind because don't forget, you know, AI and in a natural language processing, which is the, the, the AI tool that's talked about a lot now in the context of generative AI, that's been around for decades. And the tech giants have that uh, toolkit in their, in their armory for a long, long time. And, uh, and we would enjoy the benefits of that, um, you know, personalization in Amazon, personalization in Netflix. That's, that's the tech that we're dealing with now generally and that's what's mm. in the hands of of the masses but the smb sector um don't come from that kind of uh, innov innovation background and it's there where i see the opportunity uh, for our business orcawise to help those smb companies to um to educate them and get them ready for this transformation that we're uh, we're embarking on you mentioned the word privacy um this is probably one of the primary concerns right because privacy requires resources and resource allocation and guardrails what's your perspective that how can orca wise help say smbs large technology companies what does that look like um we start our conversation very much because we're a marketing business and focused around ai we start our conversations very much around what AI can do for the organization and what it can do for your customers. Um, and the big, the big play there is around personalization mm. for the customer, as well as cost savings internally in the organization, because we can automate so many of these, uh, these tasks. Um, and data privacy then is how do you balance uh, these upsides, this personalization and this cost saving? How do you balance that with, uh, with data privacy? Uh, and it comes down to um, how the organization thinks about data privacy right now, how the organization is going to think about data privacy in, a, in an AI world, um, and then how the organization embraces legislation around data privacy. Um, and I think, um, you know, the first the starting point is what, what do your customers want? that AI can deliver. Um, then is what is our culture around data privacy? And then what is the legislation around data privacy right now? And bring those three together and uh, and wield uh, a solution that's going to uh, to work for everybody. The one issue though, is that the the legislation around AI is, is coming, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's coming very slowly, right? And uh, and understandably so, I think all, all, all parties involved need to, to evaluate what's going on and what the potential is and where the risks are. Um, so I encourage companies to tread carefully around data privacy and uh, to embrace the laws that are there right now, GD GDPR being one, uh, but there are others coming. And um, but to roll out to to your customers what your customers want, what their expectations are from you, from a point of view of a uh, personalization, and um, uh, and um, be privacy aware at all times. Um, so I, I think um, the the answer around data privacy is not fully defined, Connor. Mm -hmm. um, but everybody is so aware of it. You bring the question; it's a great question, um, and I think um, that the companies who are embracing AI are embracing privacy at the same rate. And what I'm hearing there is a certain amount of customization and personalization um, and monitoring and being very, very aware of legislation, coming legislation and working within those parameters, right? 
Yeah, uh, working within the parameters of existing legislation. Um, but the first thing you notice there is that the existing leg legislation is not fully fit for purpose uh, mm. right now. Um, but then we notice that there are moves and plays in, in going on that's that's addressing this issue. So that gives us some level of comfort. Um, I noticed, I think, last week in the United States, um, uh, Chuck Schumer um, uh, brought a party of uh, tech leaders, um, you know, all the big names in technology, um, to Washington to have a conversation around this. And uh, how the outputs of it we don't have because it was behind closed doors. Mm. But that conversation very much is around uh, personalization and very much around the the human aspect of um, of AI and what it's going to um, what it's going to mean for everybody. Um, we hear a lot about in the news, certainly in the artistic world, the entertainment world, about deep fakes, right? In terms of artists and actors, um, images uh, being recreated in video and audio format. Do you think there's something like that that could affect corporate tech that it could emerge? I mean, anything is possible, but I would imagine a brand would be concerned about the replication of their image. Well, absolutely. Yeah. The, the replication of the images, the replication of the brand, mm. um, you know, um, we we hear a lot of rumors right now um, of the uh, upcoming um, U.S. election and, and and the role AI will play on that. And mm. let's 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 say that the leading politicians are big brands, and um, um, it looks like there's going to be a massive um, 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 play around uh, around imagery, uh, mm. around data, uh, around misleading the, the public. And um, if we think about that, then in the context of um, of corporate world, yeah, sure, it's going to be. But we have right now we have um, detectors of uh, deepfake. We have detectors of AI in text. Even journalism um, is being affected by it, whereby mm -hmm. uh, we can detect if uh, if a piece has been written by AI. Uh, these these tools are not perfect. Um, but they are a starting point for what we expect to come down the line. It's like, um, you know, I think I see a day whereby we're going to have AI police uh, and AI courts dealing with all of this stuff. Um, and I think the foundations are being are being laid for that right now. Um, but because it's ev evolving at such a rapid pace and change is 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 is, is incredible, um, you know, how do you set in stone any laws right now? We've, we've got it. We've got to ride with it. We've got to go with it uh, learn as we go uh, and then make the laws as we uh, as we go forward. Um, so I, you, you are right. The, the 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 big brands are concerned about this and the smaller companies to a lesser extent. But the uh, the big brands are on top of this. And I think um, they're going to um, um, be very vigilant. And I think they're going to. Um, ensure the success of their brand because we've always had threats to our brand we've always had privacy issues uh, historically um you know transformation has been going on for um for for centuries and um we've we've, we've heard all of the scaremongering we've heard all of the what might happen what might go wrong and uh, the human race is very resilient and we've we've solved all those problems over time and i don't think there's any reason why we won't um uh, deal with AI in a very responsible way and just make it a, a make it something that's going to be for everybody's good. Effective. Yeah. I mean, like I can imagine a scenario where 
the the functional aspects of sales technology will be taken care of by AI and maybe the creative aspects would be still resting with, with, with human beings, if you like. And that could, do you see something like that emerging? I guess what I'm asking you is, um, how is the world of sales and marketing in particular going to parse, going to change? Yeah, and you, you, you've got it there. So those, um, those uh, straightforward tasks in sales and marketing are going to be executed by AI uh, and probably better by AI than than by humans. And then mm -hmm. that leaves us with the question, what will the humans do? And um, it opens the door to creativity for them. And you know, I, I often think about it, it's going to make humans more human. Um, you know, this conversation around AI is very, very quickly becoming a human-centric conversation uh, because the technology has been there for a long time. Suddenly it's released to the masses, so we're talking about it. But really the question is, uh, what's going to be the role of the human in an AI-dominant uh, world? Uh, and well, how do we ensure that the human is dominant in that uh, world that's going to be um, pervaded by AI? So creativity is 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 for sure going to be um, in the hands of everybody. Uh, mm. Now, I think the question is maybe not everybody will want to embrace uh, creativity, and and then what happens to people that don't want to embrace creativity? Mm -hmm. um, and maybe they'll find different types of roles. Um, this also opens up the opportunity for new type of jobs, jobs that we have not seen before. Um, and you know, the what's possible is only limited by the human imagination. And um, so I think we will see more jobs created than will be lost. Um, I think the opportunities for new business models is huge. Mm. Um, you know, the opportunity for the gig economy to 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 take on a, a whole new uh, level is, 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 is very possible. Um, I even noticed in the United States there you, you you'll find a lot of um, one man businesses uh, generating multi million uh, dollar um, revenues every year because they've embraced AI and they've got the automation right and they've got um, you know they've got their business models figured out in an AI world um, and while they're in the minority right now I see a lot more of that happening. Uh, and I think if you can uh, get your AI uh, to work for you and, and you understand it and um, you understand your customers, uh, we're looking at a world whereby uh, people can do amazing things with AI. Um, what advice would you have for CEOs, executives looking to leverage AI um, when you go and have a conversation, when you're talking to them? Where do you start there? Um, we start in uh, OrcaWise with a, um, an AI capability assessment. Mm. So we ask them to, to look at their AI capability uh, versus their competitors and, 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 and against the industry in, in general. So they're benchmarking what their AI capability is. And that gives them a feel for, well, number one, where they're at. Uh, but number two, where they might want to get to and what the possibilities are. And I think very often companies uh, don't fully 
um, appreciate what the possibilities might be and that those possibilities are going to come quickly. The future always comes quickly. And mm. if your competitors are embracing this future and you're not embracing this future, well, suddenly uh, you could find yourself being being left behind. And, um, you know, you and, and you will notice this uh, in what we've what's gone before in the digital transformation, which has been going on for the past decade. Uh, mm. We find a lot of companies got left behind because they did not embrace that. Well, now we're into a new uh, evolution or indeed a revolution, which is the AI one. And that's moving a hundred times faster and the transformation is going to be hundreds of times greater and it's a case that companies need to embrace that so by having uh, a, an ai capability assessment done uh, mm. and done regularly we give you a perspective on on where you're at right now and then on the back of that we create a, an ai strategy roadmap uh, which is a, a plan uh, of action to deal with the deficit that may exist on your AI capability, uh, or you can take it to a different level. Where do I want to go uh, with my business? Uh, do I want to simply, um, you know, get my data right? Data is the core of AI. So do I want my data privacy to be right? Or do I want to automate one of my departments? Uh, maybe I want to automate content generation in the marketing department. Or do I want to automate all of my sales and marketing? Um, and then the next layer would be, would be, I've, if I've done all of that and I can see the results, do I want to build this technology in-house? Do I want to buy in tools, AI tools from third-party vendors? And I think the final stage would be, do we want as a company to build new business models? Because this is where uh, this is going. The opportunity to create new business models and new revenue streams that the company did not have before and suddenly, because they've built their AI capability at a fundamental level and gone through the building blocks, now the opportunities are opening up for new revenue streams and new business models. And um, and, 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 and and we think about that for SMB companies. Mm. Um, but if you, we can look at examples of what went before during the digital transformation. If you remember, um, Amazon started out as being a, a bookshop, an online bookshop. Um, and then it built its cloud capability to serve those books. And then it built its AI capability to personalize. So when you're on Amazon, you get personal recommendations. But now because they've built that capability, they became a cloud company as well as a bookshop. Hmm. They've become an AI company AWS, as well as a cloud yeah. company, AWS, that's right. And um, and they've got all this stuff going on because they've built their, their capability in-house. And simply what Amazon did was, as a bookshop, they embraced all the latest technology. They mm. embraced every uh, transformation that was going on and they were ahead of the game all the time. And suddenly they've got all of these new business models and revenue streams uh, coming down the line. And I think every SMB can do that uh, to mm. some extent. Uh, you know, it's not a question of can we do it? It's, it's are we going to do it? Are we going to embrace it? Are we going to lead the charge with this? Mm. Rather than waiting around to see what might happen, and that's a very dangerous thing to do in an AI world because, as we say, the, the rate of change is just incredible. Plus, Amazon would have had the resources at a very early stage to create incubators, innovation centers, to develop the technology and then find ways to push these ideas out with different business models, which is which is fantastic. Um, okay, you mentioned the phrase automated sales and marketing. 
right? Which is immediately people in the sales and marketing space are going to be saying, Connor, what does this look like? So ask Kevin, what does, what can we automate at this stage? And what do you foresee we being able to automate? And I'm thinking in terms of lead generation, I'm thinking in terms of customer success, business development, the old school models of picking up cold calling the telephone. Do you see a space for that kind of stuff moving into the future? Yeah. And um, I get asked this question a lot. And um, I was I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who came from a traditional sales background uh, like myself. And um, uh, and he's he's actually retired now and uh, semi retired. So he's um, he's just wondering about it, what it might be like. And if he went back into the workforce, would he be able to get a job? And he's a really, really accomplished guy, very, very successful. And he's thinking about would I survive in, in, in an AI world? So, yeah, we'll, we'll automate lead generation for sure. And mm. um, we'll automate content generation up to a point. And we'll automate, uh, you know, this. we'll automate a lot of stuff around SEO and we'll automate um, summarization of text, uh, classification of text, uh, image generation. It's not there yet, image generation, but it's coming apparently. And... Um, the um, I think the the level of automation um, will be you know profound in in certain areas. Um, so mm -hmm. in our wise, we uh, think about lead generation a lot, and our technology is built around lead generation uh, concepts, uh, but it's very sophisticated. So the way we think about it is. Um, we want to generate leads uh, in, for example, the fintech sector, financial technology. So what we do is we use AI to analyze the AI capability of fintech companies. Uh, and then we categorize the fintech companies into the different categories, for example, payments, treasury, uh, uh, blockchain, et cetera, et cetera. And we compare uh, the AI capability of each company in each category. So now we know what the capability of company X, Y, and Z is, so they can compare it to their competitors. And then we say to them, well, this is your level of capability, and uh, your competitor has this level of, compa uh, of, of capability. And that's how we generate leads, because mm -hmm. if a company has got a deficit in their AI capability, well, then they need to buy AI services. So therefore, that company represents a lead for an AI service. So that's a kind of uh, an evolved way to think about lead generation. Uh, uh, and that's what we do uh, in OracleWise. And then on the back of that, we create a roadmap uh, to serve those companies with the AI services that they might want to buy because they don't have a, a level of capability that's that's fit for purpose in the industry that they are that they are working in. Um, so from um, so that's that's the lead. So then how we deliver uh, the services around that? That's when it becomes more human, and hmm. that's when conversations stay um, uniquely human. And um, so we're automating at a pretty basic level right now um there are opportunities to go into more sophisticated automation um sometimes the questions we get asked a lot is how far are we, are we away from um you know general intelligence uh, around ai where the ai has you know real emotions and um that's when we're looking at automating the salesman and um uh, and the salesman, I think, has has evolved into a consultant nowadays, right? And mm. they tend to be advisors inside the organizations, um, as as opposed to a traditional sales guy who was knocking down doors. That job mm -hmm. has just 
before AI anyway. So now our, our sales man is, is a sales consultant, uh, a strategic advisor, a trusted advisor to organizations. Um, the automation there will be to support him and her to make them their job much more better. So it's to give them real-time information about what's going on in the market, like we do in OracleWise, give them real-time information about what might be going on inside their client organization. So it's it's, it's automating all of the research uh, around delivering um, solutions in a, in, in a human way. So I don't see... Um, you know, that part of it being automated where, you know, you and I have this conversation or I have a conversation with a with a customer uh, and they need to look into your eyes and, and, and trust you and um, be able to see that you empathize with what's happening inside their organization and be able to deliver a solution based on that empathy. Um, I, I I can't see that going away, and um, but we got to wait and see what happens. And um, and I think that's the thing that you know AI innovators are thinking about the most: how close can we get to the to human general intelligence? Can we get um, in the coming years? And um, I don't know the answer to that, unfortunately. But what I'm hearing is we're, we're not we're not looking at a sales and marketing uh, extinction here in terms of uh, human impact. We're looking at an evolving, an evolving space lead generation that may will highly likely move to AI. Email marketing, the functional stuff like that will move to AI. Um, but that human contact and that relationship building, that will likely have to remain or, or, or even grow in some capacity. I think it'll have to grow. I think um I think as we have more uh, of the automation piece, um, we will have bigger demand for human centric uh, piece as well mm. and the, the 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 trend toward ai the sorry the trend in sales and marketing has been toward the um, the advisory piece the trend is being toward um, having the human um, deliver uniquely human solutions to our customers and i think the ai is simply going to uh, expedite that make it easier for uh, for businesses to deliver those human centric services uh, rather than the other way around mm. and going back to the point of um, it's going to open up new new uh, new new models new revenue streams uh, around that it's going to give um, the organizations the time and the resources to think more clearly about what they can do one of the greatest gifts of ai is time it mm. gives us time back um, and we can do more uh, with less um, you know so if you're selling something and you can automate um you know 50 percent of that um does that mean you make 50% of your staff redundant, or maybe you can get 50% more customer. The productivity gain is Boost, going to be yeah. usually. And I think the companies that are embrace this will, will, will get that productivity gain. Mm. Uh, and what we're going to see are companies scaling much quicker who have embraced AI because uh, there's more business out there to be had uh, with the same level of, uh, of resources. Um, you touched on it already, but I want to, want to ask you about it again. Um, can AI be used to gain, say, deeper insights into customer behavior? I'm thinking in terms of like buying signals, right? Um, one of the problems, and, and I'm thinking about like, you know, market segmentation, um, identifying potentially customers that 
are more likely to buy than others, for example? Yeah. Um, so companies are more likely to buy than others. And um, and it goes back to, um, and you know this, Connor, from your background, um, I think at any point in time, um, a good sales and marketing person knows that only uh, 5% of your customers target audience is buying at any particular point in time. Um, and this speaks to demand generation, which is a very, um, a very powerful tool and very topical right now in marketing. Mm -hmm. You create demand before you sell. And so if only 5% are buying, what are the other 95% right now? And mm -hmm. additionally, they have been forgotten about by sales and marketers. And I think sales and marketers have put most of their resources, and I'm talking primarily in the B2B context, but they've put more, most of their resources into trying to convert that 5% uh, that are buying right now. Um, and, and thinking in many cases that some of the 95% are buying right now, and therefore they're being annoyed by cold calls and by cold emails and, and mm. various types of outreach. Um, so what AI is doing here is the uh, for that 95%, that's where we need to create the demand because we know that at some point in the future, they will become one of the 5% and they will be buying from us in the future. So, um, so really smart marketers now are investing heavily in demand generation to the 95% and using AI in order to, uh, to fuel that demand generation uh, by... Uh, like you say, segmenting them, uh, but finding buying signals um, or finding signals uh, more correctly, finding signals that enable you to start conversations with them, meaningful mm -hmm. conversations with them and, and to recognize, well, you're not buying right now, um, but you do have problems. You're probably at an information gathering stage and you, you, you are in the market to have conversations. Everybody is. Uh, so it enables these conversations to happen in a personalized way and in a meaningful way. And in a way that's not intrusive uh, mm -hmm. because the last thing a customer wants is a salesperson and a marketer to come at them and try to sell them something mm -hmm. if they're not buying. And if AI can inform you that, uh, well, this customer is not buying right now, but this team might want to have a conversation with you um you might have an opportunity to to educate them and to 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 bring them bring them along in terms of the solution you are providing uh so that when they are in the market to buy um they they, they will buy from you so i find that this um and this this trend in marketing which is a, a separate trend to ai and mm -hmm. um, suddenly ai is making that really really possible and it's enabling marketers to do demand generation in a very very sophisticated way i'm thinking about it as well in terms of a sliding scale of readiness to buy right and segmenting um and if there's something that could i mean i've worked in organizations where we've deployed small armies of of personnel to cold call and without really drilling down sometimes and understanding who the the ideal and the likeliness the ideal customer is and their likeliness to buy um and if ai can help with that and alleviate some of that well then it, it, it's it, it, it will revolutionize the, the space absolutely yeah absolutely it is uh, it is revolutionizing it uh, and another trend that's it's in marketing is um is what they call a nearbound whereby um you are working with uh, partners in your ecosystem 
because if you think about it, there are so many small companies coming into the market. There are so many players. Competition is intense. Mm. Companies have only got so, buyers have only got so much bandwidth uh, to buy from um, from 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 companies. They can't buy from everybody, and they can't have conversations with everybody who's selling stuff in the market. And what's happening there is that um, every buyer has you know, a favorite vendor or a small a small group of favorite vendors. And the nearbound movement, and and I think it is a movement right now, uh, states that well, why go and annoy this customer? Uh, you're a new startup <laughs> uh, and you're trying to sell something. Why not talk to the existing vendors uh, to those to those companies and have conversations with them? And maybe mm-hmm. together you can craft a solution because some of these vendors need need partners in order to deliver their solutions. And this nearbound thing whereby um, we work with in an ecosystem uh, and we sell into the ecosystem, which means we're talking to everybody in that ecosystem, which is which is competitors, partners, investors, universities, everybody in the ecosystem is in the conversation. And that way you're getting to your customer uh, indirectly in some cases, but at least you're in the game. And mm-hmm. AI is really powerful for that because using uh, AI tools like, like we do in OrcaWise, we can go out there and find signals about who, who partners might be, um, you know, what conversations are being had, who's talking about what. And all of this information fuels, um, you know, fuels content creation uh, around building a really strong ecosystem, which enables us ultimately then to talk to the ultimate uh, buyer of hmm. uh, the products and service that we're offering. So I think that's... Um, um, I, I, I think two things are happening. The, 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 the sales and marketing industry is evolving. And as it's evolving, AI is making that those evolutions really, really powerful. Uh, and because AI exists, marketers are thinking about innovative ways uh, of, um, of reaching their customers and satisfying their customers. One of the problems businesses have, and it doesn't matter what scale you're at, it's, it's forecasting right? Making accurate forecasts. Um, and they, we, we can struggle with that. The old school way is Excel spreadsheets, et cetera, et cetera. How do you, can AI um, do something there? Can you, can you see um, an evolution in how forecasting is done in the sales and marketing space? Well, it's evolving uh, all the time. I think the um, the big CRMs and Salesforce and HubSpot and um, these tools have pretty good forecasting tools in there. Mm. Uh, and I know both those two companies I mentioned, the large CRM players have rolled out AI capabilities um, inside their uh, platforms. Uh, interestingly, though, they, they what they're rolling out is more toward the uh, content generation uh, piece rather than uh, toward uh, forecasting. Mm. Um, I mean, the um, the uh, content generation piece or generative AI inside our forecasting tools will make certainly make our forecasting a lot easier mm. and automate the generation of these reports uh, for us. Uh, but I think in terms of forecasting the uh, the buyers um, and who might buy and when they might buy. Um, it's along the lines of the conversation we had. It's it's about collecting that publicly available information mm. uh, about these companies because traditionally the the focus has been on the internal information, what you've got inside the CRM, what you know about them, and you're forecasting around that. But mm. really, the powerful information is 
outside in the ecosystem. It's the it's the publicly available information about companies, and then drawing inferences from what you find. Uh, you know, so if somebody's having a conversation in uh, uh, in a newspaper, and then um, another company is having a conversation on YouTube, and you listen to a podcast, and you take all of this information that is either directly or indirectly related to a potential buyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you put that into AI and you draw inferences from it. Um, I think that's going to help us make uh, forecasts that are not definitive, but are very, very good guidelines about who you should be talking to and what kind of conversations you should be having with them. Um, so that everything is really well personalized. There are technologies available now where um, sales reps conversations are recorded um i think there's like one or two companies based in dublin that are doing gong or doing something like it um what's your perspective on that technology is it early stage is there more to do there um are you familiar you're you are familiar with the kind of the gong technology where they they, they video and etc etc yeah connor it's um it's, it's it's really interesting and um i i i do a lot of work in turkey with startups there and uh, I met a startup from uh, Istanbul who now operate from San Francisco and they're doing something along these lines and we have been advising them on their go-to-market strategy and how they might use AI mm. and um, working with them uh, has been fascinating and uh, they are targeting the uh, the gong market um, mm. and um, basically analyzing the conversations uh, that are being had right now it's um it's 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 a guide it's a tool it's 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 very helpful um you know it brings us to the point in this conversation i think where you you draw the line between um where where ai can help you uh, and where it might be risky to rely on it even going to something like generating a a blog using AI, well, you're you're not going to publish that, right? A, a human needs to look over that and and maybe um, and polish it or maybe indeed re- rewrite it. I think the same thing with um, with analyzing video and analyzing conversations. Um, it's a really good guide. It's very helpful, but mm. we are. I think we're quite a long way off. Um, um, the point whereby we will take the AI outputs and make decisions on that directly. Um, I would see that maybe three to five years, uh, it's going to make come on leaps and bounds, and let's look at it then and see where it's at. Um, but this, this, this is this kind of thing is coming, and, um, mm. and we'll be having a lot of conversations around this. And I think it's something to uh, to watch for sure. Okay. Um... In terms of Orca Wise, right? What does Orca Wise in the AI industry? What is um, exciting you coming down the track? Have you seen anything that we maybe are not aware of that's coming that we need to be aware of? I think, um, yeah, um, I think AI is going to fuel other innovations and other technologies. I think we're going to see maybe something like quantum computing, which is, you know, around the corner and coming. So AI was around the corner and coming for three decades and suddenly Hmm. it's 
it with a bang. Um, and quantum computing um, is um, a, a phenomenon that's 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 coming and it's going to transform the world by giving us incredible uh, compute power. And that working in uh, together with AI uh, would would absolutely take us to another level over and above what we're experiencing right now. Um, so I think the um, um, the thing I think about most coming down the line, Connor, is 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 how close we can get to human general intelligence, uh, how quickly. And I listen to different reports, and there is a, a belief amongst um, you know thought leaders in the industry that in three to five years' time we're going to see. Uh, some 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 uh, some strong evidence of that and that will be truly transformative if that happens uh, because we're suddenly be, we're suddenly able to have an intelligent conversation uh, with the ai um I, I was doing a talk recently about uh, orcas um and the killer whale and because my business is called uh, orca wise uh, i did some research around orcas and um and I gave a presentation around the ability of the orca in the context of human intelligence. And there is a, a theory that it has the level of intelligence of a 16-year-old. And it is certainly the most intelligent mammal out there, for sure. And um, and you know how man then has had this, this, this idea of having a conversation with a different species. And we've mm -hmm. been looking the skies for centuries around this or uh, is somebody out there are we going to have a conversation with them and the the, the premise of my talk was well let's not look to the skies anymore let's look let's to the look, oceans let's look into the oceans because the orca for sure does have this level of intelligence but then the question remains uh, how do you have a conversation with uh, an orca and um, and what's what's coming is this so the mm. orca has a language of its own and um, and scientists are tagging these orcas under the ocean and they're they're building a language model by listening to them. So they watch them hunting and how yeah. they hunt and how they teach their young how to do. Well, they're collaborative hunters as well, they're aren't they? Collaborative. Exactly. They're collaborative hunters. And the scientists are building a language model based on what they're doing. Mm. And so they make a sound, they do something, they do something, they make a sound. And that's the language model. And then, mm. of course, us humans, we have our language model already. And if you put AI in the middle, you can have the conversation. So the, the idea is three years time, five years time, human being will have his first intelligent conversation with another species, the orca, enabled by uh, AI. So that is where I see um, the most incredible and the most transformative thing happening is if that were to happen uh, with the orcas, can it happen with other species as well? Uh, and, and, and what else is possible? But primates, of course, you'd, you'd naturally think primates of chimpanzees and yeah. nobles. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, um, you know, we human intelligence, we, we own human intelligence, but that's all we own. So mm. we can't be sure, for example, what level of intelligence the, the, the orca has. Uh, it might be greater in its own way. Um, and what else is down there under the ocean that we're not tapping into? Mm. Uh, and what else is out there in the universe that we're not tapping into? So I think AI's um, biggest transformative impact will be something along those lines, whereby we can... Um, 
you know, we can evolve um, in, in, in a very aspirational way. We can we can do things that we thought, you know, might not be possible that we wonder about. And um, and hopefully we can get some of those things done and uh, make the world a better place. Kevin, where can people find you? Um, I'm on LinkedIn uh, all the time. So um, I'm there, Kevin Neary. And um, um, you can reach me. I, 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 I connect with everybody almost. And uh, I respond to everybody and have conversations with everybody. It's, uh, it's an amazing uh, platform. And um, yeah, happy to talk to anybody there anytime. Yeah, that was absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much. Thank you, Connor. And uh, yeah, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too.